Hello and welcome to The Testing Peers. Today I'm joined by Chris. Hello. David. Hello. And I'm Russell. I'd like to take an opportunity to say thank you to our new patrons. A shout out to Erin, Chris and Dan Billing. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Anyone else would like to join our patron? Find us at patreon.com slash testingpeers. I'd also like to say thank you to our sponsors, Saffron QA. Saffron QA are providers of recruitment consultancy services exclusively for the software testing area. You can find out more in our show notes. We're very grateful for them sponsoring us. And today we're going to talk a little bit more about the unexpected, how we deal with it. So today I was kind of thinking about what we could talk about that didn't involve being inspired by my children. And so I thought instead I'd look back to my own childhood. And sometimes you would receive presents or gifts or something from people and you thought you knew what that was going to be. And when you know what it's going to be, you automatically, or at least when you think when you know what it's going to be, you automatically have either a heightened sense of excitement of expectation because you think you know it's going to be this really good thing or you've got the uh converse thing where you're already flooded with disappointment that you know you've got this thing that you don't really want and sometimes you've opened those presents and it is not at all what you expected it to be so my question is have you ever had a situation it doesn't have to be a present it could be something you've been looking forward to and it could be wildly different, maybe an anticlimactic sort of thing. I remember looking forward to Christmases every year and building up the expectation, listening to the music and the movies and getting to the day and being kind of disappointed because it was mostly waiting, cleaning, those sorts of things, none of which is very exciting. I agree with you, Christmas. Often with Christmas, Christmas Eve is much more exciting than the expectation rather than the sort of disappointment of Christmas Day and, and unwrapping the presents and and having sort of fake excitement as to receiving another pair of socks from your auntie or something. I feel that you've anchored us quite a lot with with that particular thing because that's... I did try to give you a couple of options, gifts or building up something else just to try and help you. I think there have sometimes been times like trips where I've expected more or going to a restaurant or something so people have said it's fantastic and you go there and you eat the food and you think "Mm, actually it isn't quite exactly as I thought and I do remember a time actually when when we went to an Indian and both myself and a mate were sort of criticizing the food and going oh it's not really that it's not really that good and the waiter came up as they usually do and say how's the food and we both went turned around and went oh yes it's lovely it's really nice and <laughs> having just sort of berated it amongst ourselves but that's not quite the the sort of excitement thing but I have felt that when going to restaurants or looking at menu and going oh yes that sounds really nice and then getting it in and it looks atrocious and it tastes not as you expected then it can be a bit of a disappointment and an anticlimax. I remember um, getting very excited when I was walking through a supermarket once, one of the rare occasions when I was a teenager that I was actually doing my own shopping for food. I think the parents had gone away or something. And I, I spotted on the shelf a red delicious apple. And it looked like, you know, sort of the sort of things you get in a hotel. It was perfect. It was shiny. It was the right shape. 
I thought I'm going to buy just this one apple. It'll be delicious. And it tasted like a wax apple. It was just rotten, horrible stuff. Like it wasn't actually rotten, but it was tasteless rubbish. I was incredibly disappointed. I was expecting something magnificent. There's a thing here. Don't judge a book by its cover, isn't there? Really? Well, yeah. And there's the the, the the sort of the opposite way is there, there can be things that we really are dreading that can turn out to be rather good. So, Russell, have you got any ideas? My perspective, I was just thinking back, and I think what I recall is movies. You know, when you kind of hear all these hyped up films and, oh, this film's really made, you've got to go and see this film. So you build up this excitement and you kind of make special arrangements to go and see this film. You get some friends, you go out and have food before, and then you go and watch the movie and it's cack. It doesn't live up to your expectations. It's been oversold to a degree and you end up kind of disappointment. But that's, that's probably the only example I can think of. And I'm just trying to think of an example of that movie-wise and nothing springs to mind. I'm quite good at blanking out these disappointments from my life. I don't remember them. I remember being quite cross watching Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the Tim, Ver- Tim Burton version, because it took away all the niceness and the fun of the uh, old Gene Wilder film. And while it may well have been mostly truer to the book, I just I was quite cross actually sitting in the cinema watching it. I wasn't pleased. I think that's always the same with sort of covers and and remakes is that they can either improve it or they can just destroy your memories. Yeah, especially your childhood memories of certain films and stories. Like I remember my parents telling me about, oh, the remake's not the same as the original from movies from their youth. And obviously now we're getting more of it. What this does do is it quite happily transitions us into talking about dealing with the unexpected in the workplace, because I think we've all experienced a lot of things and when we hear words there might be particular triggers that i'm sure we'll get to and particular things that happen we kind of think i've experienced this i understand what this is like even though as testers we are very much key at trying to find the context i think we are still sometimes drawn into these traps of experience influencing us and how we deal with unexpected things so maybe I thought just to start with, we could talk about if we've ever had an unexpected thing happen to us at work and talk about maybe how we felt. Do you mean through testing? In the, in the workplace, yeah. Just, okay. I think for me, there, there are a couple of examples. So firstly, with automation tests or whatever, I remember at a place I used to work out, there was a testing suite and it's those intermittent pass or failing failing tests that sometimes pass and, you know, changing the order and stuff. You don't, you need to make sure as to whether it's the actual software or whether it's a test or some other thing. And so it's those unexpected and annoying things that can take up a lot of your time in order to, to actually try and find that. In a sort of more professional way, I think sometimes the things that floor me is when when you find out a colleague is leaving and you had no expectation that they were looking for a new job even, or you, you felt they were happy. And for whatever reason, they decided to leave. And that's always makes me feel sad that they're leaving and that you've worked well with them. But also 
really quite pleased that they think that they've made the right decision. So it says it's a double-edged sword with that because there's both sadness and, and happiness for them for, for moving on and going on to better things. So that's always a tricky thing. It, it That's often unexpected. It's a tough one to deal with, isn't it? When when someone you're close with in the workplace does leave, and especially if it is something that comes completely blindsides you. I mean, even if even if you sort of know someone's unhappy, it can be like you you spend so long of your life doing the same thing, sharing these experiences with these people, doing your time, part of your life with them, and for them to suddenly just not be there. It, that's hard to deal with in some ways. I think that's harder to deal with than something's broken because at least if something's broken, it can be fixed. You also spend probably more time with your colleagues than you do with some of your friends a lot of the time because you're there nine to five in the same space as them. And so, yeah, it is quite a shocker. I've got one which is more employee versus testing, which is the, the good old annual appraisal systems and ratings that don't quite match expectations or you get a surprise. To be honest though, Reviews shouldn't have anything unexpected. I know that it happens, and that is a, a really bad thing. But it, it shouldn't, as we've I think we've discussed in other episodes, it shouldn't happen. You should be should, you should know if bad things are coming up, and or at least have an expectation because that can be a real shock if you're not really expecting that. Bad leadership management, whatever you want to call it, if you get surprised in that situation. But I have seen it at least once. It does not give you a good, warm, fuzzy feeling. What about, um, have you ever worked in a place where you've been working on a project and either everything you've got planned has been derailed by something new in the project or that project has just disappeared? Yes, that's fairly common in where, where we work. There have been times when people have been working so hard on projects for, for a couple of years, you know, investing their time in that particular project. And then literally overnight, the company have gone bust the company decided that the future isn't in this particular product or whatever we're working on and have just gone right that, that's it and you've got no notice it's, it's like being made unemployed you know it, it's as shocking as that you know you have no reason to go to work that particular day because there is nothing there you know you are still employed by the company and you still have a job and stuff but that body of work that you've invested so much time in has just disappeared and again it's Going back to what we've said, you know, it, it's a mental health issue, you know, because you can almost sort of get distraught by it because, you, you know, you've invested so much time in it and it can really affect you. So that's a, certainly a thing to actually look out for and, and try and find someone, another position. And, and actually, like we're saying, if you don't see it coming, then it, of course, that can be a complete shock. A bit like the whole COVID thing and being furloughed, that can certainly isolate people. It's true, though. Anything that's kind of unexpected does throw you off your kilt. You know, if you're going to, you know, you're going to be made unemployed at X period because your contract's off, or you know, projects likely to come to a decision point in this point in time. It does help you prepare yourself mentally for that sort of change or risk. It doesn't necessarily always make it any better, but you've given yourself that mental time to prepare. And it's often quite hard to distance yourself from a decision at the moment it happens. So if something goes wrong or decision is made and you get informed about it that's the moment where most people react strongly so we've come up with some really good examples of unexpected things how can we prepare ourselves for any of those is is there anything we can do in order to mitigate those sort of shock and prepare for the unexpected things anything unexpected happens go take yourself a step back 
unexpected things happen. There's quite a lot of smaller unexpected things happen. It could be your bus doesn't turn up. Zoom call doesn't work when you're trying to get into a job interview. It's about not panicking when it happens. And it's hard because, you know, your adrenaline generally gets pumping and all the sort of emotional uh, sort of things happen. But yeah, it's trying to take a step back. Think of alternatives, stay in the moment. Well, what can you do next? Make a clear path forward. I gave an example of where systems were going down. No one could work out why. Running around like headless chickens wouldn't help. And it's about having, well, okay, let's double check everything. It's about making that plan. It doesn't have to be solving the problem or coming up with an alternative, but it's like, well, I'm unemployed now, right? Well, what do I do? Right, I need to start looking for jobs. I need to get my CV up to date. And it's about trying to be that, think forward and think positively. It's very hard to do at times. And you're, was it the rug gets pulled from beneath you? It's often hard to take that reflective step back and look at it from a different angle. Yeah, I think that the older you become, the, the more you get used to unexpected things because you you have a better coping strategy or you'd, you'd hope that you'd have a better coping strategy. But even then, you know, there are times if you are made redundant, it's making sure that you have a plan. Exactly as you said, you know, you get up in the morning, you treat it like a job in trying to find a new position even if it's just writing a cv on the first day or looking for jobs and doing things like that have a plan to actually do that and be actively looking the other thing i would say is with any of these examples is maintain communication maintain communication with people that you trust and that that will give you sane advice there's there's no sort of better way than communicating with people and i don't mean that in a way that you sort of go for people and go oh poor me and pour out your soul it's a collaborative this is really sad how how can we work together to to do it and you know that could be the people involved if they're unemployed or they're leaving your job it could be finding out exactly why they they've decided to move on it could be with people in your team if there are tests that are going wrong exactly as you said russell it's maintaining that communication so that therefore, again, like anything, you are not isolated. You're not going through it on your own and you can justify or start to justify your feelings that you, you encounter when you have that unexpected thing happening to you. It's a very personal thing, isn't it? Because if it's happening to you, we all deal with things differently. And like you say, the, the further we get down through life, the more we'll experience these things and hopefully we'll become more aware with how we deal with things. Personally, I internalize a lot of feelings. I go through a lot of emotions and externally, I just stop being happy, Chris, or at least I'll have stopped pretending to be happy, Chris, if it's been going on for longer. And uh, there'll be a sort of a vacant staring into the abyss type thing. And my, my wife calls it a sort of stasis or, you know, <laughs> Chris is off in fairyland or something. If, if something's kind of just got stuck and I can't get past it. And the point you made, David, about talking about things is really important because my instinct should be to talk about these things. So many times in my life, like when I, when I dropped out of university, I didn't know what to do. I wanted to try and fix it by myself before I then told my parents <laughs> and those sorts of things were really tricky to, to deal with. And I didn't talk to people. And what you need in that situation is somebody to see that in you and try and coax out of you 
those conversations. And that can't just be a, a default mentor or a default manager because that isn't always the right person. And this is the thing that I always found quite tough as a people manager was sometimes there were people that I could see were going through stuff, but I knew I wasn't the person that they would want to open up to. And so trying to find someone that they could talk to was important. And right now in this remote world, in a job where I haven't met my colleagues, that becomes incredibly difficult, both as someone who could be going through stuff as I'm sure a lot of us are, but also as somebody that has reports that could be going through stuff that I don't have that relationship with them. And I can't see those things. And it can feel even more lonely and, and worrying. And steps to deal with those things ourselves, as well as communicating with people are important. Like, you know, the, the five stages of grief is, is, is quite well related to a lot of things we talked about, which is denial, anger, bargaining depression and acceptance and it's getting getting to that acceptance stage as quick as we can is probably the right way to do it and i'm sure we've all got different ways that we've dealt with those things i think accepting it is a very good point you hope for the best and plan for the worst so when things go wrong okay hope that it gets turned around tomorrow hope that you find a solution that fixes it start putting contingency plans in place talking about it is great You've got to find the people that you feel comfortable to talk about, but start looking at what the next option is. Start thinking about what you can do because, and this is hard, sitting there thinking about it doesn't move you on. You've got to take the action from those sort of thoughts processes, bounce your ideas off people, talk about it, get perspective. And generally your friends, your family can help you say things in different light. If you're negative, they'll help you try and be more positive. Let's pick the right people. Have an awareness of the person that, if, if it's a person or the, the thing that's, that's giving you the, the message, and especially if it's a person, have empathy for them, if possible, if it's not too much unexpected, that it's, it's a difficult message for them to give. And it always surprises me sometimes when I give bad news or whatever, or have given bad news in the past, when people have gone back to me and gone, well, how do you feel about it? And actually that, that shows a lot of, of sort of thought as to people are thinking about how, how you feel with, in that particular situation. I think, a lot of, I, th- I think a lot of what we've talked about probably like the acceptance and stuff, probably a lot of it will come to do with closure. And I think I've looked back at things, say I was shifted project team I worked on one one Monday morning I came in they said movie desk movie team I was suddenly going to be spending all of my days with a bunch of people that I barely knew and that just happened like that and I didn't have time to process anything before moving in in hindsight there was a decision that had to be made and the the point that I've learned from that is a these things happen in the workplace all the time but also if those things are on the horizon and I'm privy to that as a leader then I need to try and prepare my people that these possibilities might happen rather than just saying one day 
flip a switch. Knowing how I felt when those things happened to me will influence the way that I will be with the people that I have to work with and or give bad news to or whatever. If you can prevent it being unexpected, that definitely helps. There are always times that, you know, companies go through these reorganisations which can come out of the blue and can have an almost devastating effect on lots of different people. So everyone's going through these emotions. But it can happen for, like you said, you know, changing teams. But also if there is a realignment and people that are left in places where they're not happy with, that can cause problems as well because it came unexpected. But the unexpected thing is that you haven't been chosen. You haven't moved on. You haven't changed your position. So all these other people are going stressed and you're getting stressed because you haven't changed. And that can always cause a lot more thing. And I think, again, as leaders, we need to have that reassurance. We need to reassure people that change in this respect is a good thing. If we think it's a good thing, you know, don't lie, obviously. But it's the, it's the sort of reassuring side is life will still go on. Life, it's slightly changed. We'll get through it. We'll get through it together. Let's, you know, take each each moment, each day, each month, whatever. And then we can make decisions. And again, like you said, in hindsight, you can look back and you can either decide you want to move on, you want to decide that you're going to stay or, or do whatever. But make sure that you have that time to make a sensible decision rather than always make a snap decision and, and then live to regret it. One thing I'd say if you're a leader dealing with those sorts of changes, don't use the reasoning that, oh, it's been in discussions for months behind the scenes. It does not make the individuals who you made this change to feel any better and it no. makes them feel worse that they find out about it the day of it happening and you've known about it for months. I think, we, I think we've, we've, made, we've made it in discussions before where we've said, try and make sure if there's someone that you're responsible for, that you are the one that gets to tell them. Because I can remember a situation that David is talking about and I was his peer and I was the one that told him about the reorganisation and I remember some of the language that he used in text form. <laughs> I've had reorgs happen to me whilst I'm on holiday before. Well, that's what happened with me, yeah. But still, you can, you can, get, you can message them and say, look, something's happened today. Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, there's, people have got phones and stuff, and while we don't necessarily say, use your phone, but if, if something massive's happened that's going to change your, change your world the minute you walk in the door, don't book a meeting in for 8, eight o'clock in the morning when they arrive. Let them know something's happened. I think people are different here, Chris. Once, I think you'll find some people don't want their holiday ruined by finding out they're changing teams halfway through it. It's, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And I guess that's where reading the people and knowing what they're like. Yeah, you've got to find the right thing for the right people. But yeah, you can't please everyone. But you have got the context where if they are friends with other people who have been in that presentation. Oh, they're going to find out, yeah. Exactly. And, and surely I would rather have heard any of that sort of information from someone that was supposed to be telling my information rather than just someone going, oh, by the way, this happened. You're screwed. I'm not. Lol. Yeah, it's always a hard one with that and timings, though, because if you ever tell the rest of the team first, you've already missed the boat. If you tell the other person first, they've told everyone else. You're in a, in a no-win situation, potentially. But uh, it's, yeah, it's a complicated one to deal with, but there is no, I think, ideal solution. There's just making the best of it. 
A lot of it's about intuition, right? It's about reading reading the situation, feeling your gut, which I think we've talked about a bit. And our experiences will inform those things going forwards and it won't be the same for every situation. It won't be the same for every person. And you won't get it right every time. There's no winning formula. No. No, I think it's a very good point. There's no winning formula. You know, we mentioned before that obviously as we get older, we get wiser. I think or words to that effect. Maybe not wiser. Uh, maybe we cope better with the unexpected. Do you think, therefore, that the unexpected the things that happen to us make us better? Do we learn from them? Do we grow? I think it depends on on the circumstances of what the events are. That it's a good tester response. <laughs> that they are. You know, in life nowadays, your job is not for life. And so therefore you may expect at some point to be made redundant for whatever reason. So therefore that shouldn't come as a, it may come as a surprise at the time, but actually the chances of you going through your whole career without going through that, that would be amazing. And also the fact is that partly because of that, you will change jobs. So therefore you will have people leaving their jobs, coming back to their jobs or whatever. So there are certain things that, in life are inevitable and so therefore you can sort of prepare for that or get used to that there are always going to be those things that you can't prepare for we mentioned about grief you know the suddenness of some people dying or whatever can be so unexpected that through nothing can really prepare you through age because I think it's the same for anyone grief is personal but also grief is unique to each person that or thing that you lose whether it's a pet or a, or a person and so therefore the way that you have grief for one particular situation might be very different to another thing so I think it depends on the the thing that isn't unexpected we can learn from certain things but there are other things that that we can't and we have to deal with them on an, an individual basis i think you're right i think a lot of things will build your character they do inform your experiences if everything was plain sailing then if something had then happened further down the line that was bad you wouldn't be so well prepared these are things that form and shape us as we grow it it, it will help us probably deal with things outside of the workplace as well change is inevitable as you say grief is inevitable as well and i think it is part of life and and the the core aspects of the things we're talking about transcend just testing talking about dealing with grief accepting change looking out for signs trying to use things that we have coping mechanisms pragmatism all these things are very useful life skills that i certainly had almost none of when i started out as an adult in the workplace and had i not been through these this school of hard knocks and these different bits being let go and being disappointed and and all these things i wouldn't appreciate the situations that i have now i also wouldn't have the jobs that i have now i wouldn't have the confidence that i have now and so I do think, ultimately, big picture, it's good that the unexpected happens because life would be boring, but doesn't mean everything that
that happens is good. Obviously, the pandemic is terrible. But there are good things that have come out of it. And good things will come after it. Very profound, Chris. Very profound. You reminded me of um, a quote from Julius Caesar, um, which is, no one is so brave that he's not disturbed by something unexpected. Ultimately, unexpected things happen to us all and they all knock us for six. Different degrees, different things. It is uncommon for us not to be knocked a little bit sideways. You don't get upset with yourself if you struggle with the unexpected. What a perfect end to this podcast. So uh, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it, listening to our stories of unexpected and I hope you haven't had anything too unexpected happen during the time of this podcast and that you were able to enjoy it. To finish off, thank you very much for our sponsors, Saffron QA. Also, if you'd like to contact us through various media, so Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, look for Testing Peers. You can also sponsor us yourselves through Patreon at patreon.com forward slash testing peers or contact us by email at contact us at testingpeers.com so thank you very much for listening and we'll look forward to you coming back in a couple of weeks time goodbye, goodbye.